guys, and welcome to Convos at the Kitchen Counter. Hey, hey. With your host, Bailey. And Audrey. Where we talk about trauma, drama, and being a mama. (laughs) (laughs) It's my favorite. I love the intro. It's so sweet. Uh, This episode is really just going to be about... It's like a timeline. Yeah. Like from when Audrey and I started dating to right now. So I'd say 2019 to 2022. And a lot of shit went down in those years. We're going to take y'all with us, kind of tell you from our point of view how it happened, what went down, and everything from, you know, my mom's accident in 2020 and how I became her caregiver permanently, my brother passing away, and then... You know, the infamous story of Mr. Scott. Scott. Yes. The one and only. So, uh, first of all, let's just go ahead and say thank you guys so much for the almost 700 viewers we've had. So dope. And thanks for all the feedback. Yes, we love the feedback. It really hyped us up a lot and made us a lot more excited. Not that we weren't excited, but more like at ease about making the second one. Absolutely. I agree 100%. It's dope. It made it a lot more easy. Like somebody, my friend Nicole that I went to high school with, she messaged me on Instagram today and she told me that she had our other friend that I went to high school with listen to it and they both were just like, they said they laughed the whole time yeah. that this is something we were meant to do, yeah, should be dope. doing. I love that. We've had nothing but positive feedback. I don't know if, has anybody at your work listened to it? No. So. <laughs> We're not so. on that level with them. <laughs> I told my email to listen to it, but I don't know if she did. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, we'll get them there. We'll get them there. Yeah, no, I don't know about that. But anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to our introduction episode. We really appreciate it. And yes, absolutely. Like we said before, we cannot wait to see where this will take us. Mm-hmm. So just keep listening. Let's get into it. Forces are joined by lesbians. What the fuck? <laughs> I just feel like these transition songs are so intense for no Yeah, yeah that was wild. That was like a, <laughs> the Undertaker from WWE. I loved it. So now I'm just going to start putting inappropriate transitions in the whole thing. I'm here for it. So Audrey and I met in August of 2016. And... Fast forward like three years to 2019, we go to one of our favorite places here, Westerwood. Love that place. If you're ever in Greensboro, North Carolina, pop in. Pop in and say hello. Tell them Bailey and Audrey sent you. They will not do anything. They will just say, (laughs) Wow, we love them. Yes, you're right. We love them. We love them, hopefully. But in 2019, we sat there and we were like, Let's just make this official. Let's do it. Like, what the hell? So we got in our phones, <laughs> looked through our pictures. Yep. And we picked a happy time. Yes. We Pick chose a day. a day. I guess that. I don't know what made us decide that know. day, but. I think we're at the beach. Yeah. We were doing something sweet. We were like, this is it. So we chose June 13th 
of 2019 to be our anniversary. Yep. Beautiful day. The, the best summer. day. We love the summer. We love vacationing at the beach. It's like our favorite. I'd say our favorite destinations are places with pools. Pools, yeah. We're pool gals. We love a good body of water. Yeah. That's a pool. Period. <laughs> um, and so once we started dating... We were living at my mom's house because my mom was living in Texas at the time. So she was renting out her house here in Greensboro to me. So Audrey lived with me. We were living here, paying the bills, doing all that. But my mom lost her job in Texas. And she had to move back here with her boyfriend. So Audrey and I were like, all right, it's time for us to find a new place to live. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely don't want to be roomies with mom. Not so much mom, it was more her boyfriend. That's called foreshadowing. Period. Period. Wow. (laughs) Okay, yeah. But we decided we wanted to move. (laughs) And uh, so we found these cute apartments that were managed by a great friend of ours, uh, Heather Young. Shout out to Heather. It's our great friend Jacob, his mom. Shout out to Jacob. Shout out to Jacob. Love him. We, yes, we love anybody we shout out, we love. Yeah. So, sorry, that's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> and so we moved in this apartment. You know, granted, it was on the third floor, and me being a bigger woman, I'm against that. Yeah, it did not get easier, y'all. So don't let them, don't let them fool yeah, you. Yeah, they tell you. They're like, bruh, come on. By the end of it, you don't even know. You and barely even like, realize, no. I know. My sciatica Excuse knows. Me? Yeah, no, everybody knows. <laughs> Yeah. Everybody in the apartment building knows because <laughs> I'm cussing, yeah. walking my up the heavy steps. breathing. Yeah, my lungs know. Mm-hmm. My endocrine system. Yeah. <laughs> she knows. So, she got us hooked up with this beautiful apartment. Oh yeah, but it was an amazing apartment. Huge, Worth the third yeah. story. Vaulted ceilings. Um, just beautiful. Yeah. Very modern. Yeah. I, we loved Bless. everything. That, that was our first experience yeah. with an apartment. Lily had her own bedroom, and it was so big. Oh, it was so cute. We were right next to the playground, so it was amazing. But I'm, the pool was closed because of COVID. I was about to say, we moved literally March 20th of 2020. We moved in. Because that was the day Animal Crossing came out. And I literally was like, Audrey, I'm so sorry. I cannot help move because <laughs> Animal Crossing is coming oh, out. Oh, you did. No, I did. Right. But I literally was like... Mm, I, yeah, I remember. Not that sure. night, we just chilled and played Animal yeah, Crossing. Yeah, amazing game. I think Jacob came over. Yeah, I'm sure Jacob but came over. But I could over. be wrong. I don't know. I I'm sure wrong. you're not. But we had a great time mm-hmm. in that apartment. We loved it so much. It was our own place, our own doing our own thing. <sighs> My plants we thrived were in never, the living room. Yes, we were never laid on bills. Mm-hmm. It wasn't stressful like that. And then one random October morning, we come up to our apartment and we meet our fat man, Mr. Manny. Mr. Manny. And he was just this cute little orange cat. He wasn't really little. Mm-mm. Definitely was. But he definitely wasn't fat. No. He was just a full grown cat. Full grown not cat. a kitten. Mm-hmm. And we'd never seen him before. We open the door and he just walks right in. Yep. Like, he'd already been there. Like, he owned the place. Didn't, like, pee on anything. Wasn't mad. Let us pick him up. Let us pet him. And Lily was like, that's a wrap. And we both literally (laughs) were like, that's a wrap. Mm -hmm. We take him to the vet. He's definitely microchipped. So all our hearts broke for a minute. 
they were broken because we were like, you know, we wouldn't ever want to take somebody's cat from them. So the vet like contacted them and did what they had to do. I think it's for like three days or something. They call them and call them the number listed on the microchip. But if nobody claims them, you know, after a certain amount of days, we get to, you know, we got to keep them. Mm Mm-hmm. Or until I guess somebody called, but still to this day, this, that vet has not called us saying anybody's called. Finders so. keepers. At that point, yeah, I mean, he was. It was cold outside. It was October. Mm-hmm. Like we're not just gonna leave this cat. And so, and one time he actually escaped out of the apartment, and we didn't even know about it. And we came home a few hours later, and he was waiting right outside again. Oh my god! Yes. Yeah. Wow, I forgot. You about remember that? that? He was just waiting for us. Yeah. So, it was meant to be, and. We just loved him so much, and we were like, wow, our own little apartment, our own little kitten, Mm -hmm. like, how sweet. And, again, right in the middle of COVID. Actually, at the beginning, not in the middle. Mm -hmm. At the beginning, when everything was intense. I don't know about where y'all were from, but everything was locked down. The lines at Costco? The lines at Costco? Dumb. Excuse me? Right. Getting Lysol wipes? I literally would have to sell my firstborn. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then like rent out my second no straight like that literally oh my gosh it was so intense so annoying and so but i mean it was perfect for us because we had just moved into our apartment and like we're homebodies like we love to be home mm-hmm. we love to watch tv <clears throat> excuse me play video games you know we love that so in our brand new place without living in our parents chilling you know, it was a great time. It was awesome. I miss it. I miss it every day. I really do. I really and, do. And um, we were homeschooling Lily at that yeah. time. Oh my god! Because all the kids were sent home for COVID, so this was when she was in first grade, mm-hmm. and it was her first, you know, full year. Well, no, we homeschooled her. Yeah, the last half of first grade, okay. and then the beginning of second of second yeah. yeah and it was what nightmares are made of literally um this is what nightmares are made it was rough of. for both of us um and like i feel for lily like she would get very frustrated and oh yeah we were all crying all three of us were crying yeah. lily starts crying and then it's like i know she's just so frustrated mm-hmm. and then we're frustrated <sighs> and it's like we're doing math that i know i'm getting right but the way that they have to do it i'm like what the hell is this yeah. Why do we build a tree with so many math problems? <laughs> what? Not. Why? Yeah. I do not know how to draw. No. No. So absolutely. Now not. I'm self conscious. I don't know how to math. So yeah, I we already am having issues with mm-hmm. math, and now you're asking me to draw on top of that. Yeah. So you guys just hate me. Yeah. Two right, of my personally. weaknesses. Thank right, you. Exactly. Appreciate Thank you so that. much. So it was just the apartment was beautiful. We loved everything about it. It was an amazing place, and we felt like it was, like, our own, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'm, that was the first time I had moved out of my mom's house because I had Lily at such a young age. And then, like, when my mom moved to Texas, I got to just live in this house and rent it out from her. So I still technically lived at my mom's house. So it was my first home away from home, and, like, it was so clean and mm-hmm. new, and, like, we were such mm-hmm. adults. We had our own... <laughs> yeah fucking mail key i know i'll check the mail no none of us checked the mail because it was three stories our friends would come over and i'd be like hey i'm gonna throw the key at you can you please check the mail (laughs) please and they would (laughs) and they would every time Mm -hmm. yeah so um we loved our apartment and uh, it was 
it was so amazing. And then we go on this vacation for our one year anniversary, mm-hmm. right? To dun, Wilmington. Dun, dun. Yes. And that's when everything changed. <laughs> so when we went to Wilmington, we had a great time. Love going there. It's a beautiful beach. That's about three ish hours away from our house. Yep, three or take. And uh, we're sleeping, and I get a call from my sister saying that my mom's boyfriend had called Paige, my sister, and said, you know, your mom is, like, not answering me. She's incoherent. She's not making sense. What do I do? So Paige called the police, and she called me and was like, you know, the police are on the way, or the ambulance or whoever. And so I was in Wilmington, so I was like, okay. Uh, we're going to go ahead and head out. Got a blast. Yeah, got a blast. You know, it wasn't a big deal. I assumed that, you know, this has happened before something along this line. You know, like, I've had instances where mom's blood sugar's gotten too low or too high before to where she becomes a little... Lethargic. Incoherent. Yeah, a little lethargic. So, I wasn't too worried. I was just like, all right, we're going to get her there. Mom's going to be embarrassed. You know, we're all going to... Whatever. Laugh about it tomorrow. Exactly. And as we're getting in the car... We get a call from, like, somebody very important at the hospital. Some, like, surgeon, doctor, like, ER important lady. And she calls me, and she's like, uh, you need to be, you need to come here now. Like, your mom's heart stopped on the way to the hospital. Oxygen has, you know, cut off to her brain. Her brain is swollen. We can't tell, you know, what kind of damage, but there definitely will be damage. Um, you know, we can't cool her down. She's very hot. We're not sure if she's going to make it. You need to come in. And I'm just like upset, obviously sobbing. And my sister's like Bailey, cause she's on the, we're doing a, a three-way call with the doctor and my sister and myself. She's like, Bailey, mute your phone. Like, you know, I can't hear the doctor. You're crying so hard. So I don't even remember what the doctor said besides that. And we just get in the car and um, Audrey drives us home in the middle of the night. It's literally like 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. We get home, you know, wait for the doctor to call. Because we can't even go visit her. FaceTime was the only thing. But she wasn't even, like, in the position to, like, be seen by us. Like, they were handling right. shit <clears throat> all night long. She was on a ventilator. She was put immediately in the ICU mm-hmm. on a ventilator. <clears throat> tubes down her throat. She was covered in, like, like cooling blankets to cool uh, cool her down. Her brain needed to stop swelling before they could do any mm-hmm. sort of scan. And they didn't have any answers for us. They were just like, you know, your mom's stable for now. And that's all we have. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently she had gone into diabetic ketoacidosis, uh, which is where, you know, my mom's blood sugar got to literally about 2,000. And the average, the average healthy blood sugar is like a hundred. So Gaga, tisk, yeah, tisk. tisk tisk Gaga. She just you know wasn't taking care of herself the way she needed to because, you know, we're not really sure why. That's still up for debate. <laughs> we really don't <laughs> know why like she that, wasn't yeah. taking care of herself. Not like quite that. sure. But her blood sugar just got way too high, and it caused her heart to stop. Your organs fail when you go into DKA. So anyway. So me, Audrey, my sister, it is June. So we are literally, she goes in June 15th 
and um, we're just waiting. We wait like a week before mom's brain is even like able to take tests and they're like yeah there's permanent brain damage you can see it on the cat scans mm-hmm. on the ct scans on the brain scans. so now we just need to wait for her to wake up and then we can see you know what she remembers and all that and we were able to facetime her and she hadn't opened her eyes and i remember she hadn't opened her eyes yet and i facetimed her it was the first time i could actually look at her uh because they had like tried to facetime and as soon as i saw her i would like just cry and I couldn't do it. It was so sad. She didn't even look like herself. No, she was like a gray. She had all these tubes on, on her and yeah. like just spacey, like looking off into like you know. It was it was wild. It was wild. It was so scary. And like um, my mom's sisters came down to visit and make sure we were okay, but like we were all just waiting mm-hmm. for answers. And finally, we get this call. And it was from Dr. Rodenbow. And Dr. Rodenbow was like, I'm here to tell you about your mom. And this was about after three weeks of her in, in the hospital. And they were able <clears throat> to diagnose her and they, that she had a bilateral hippocampal, she had bilateral hippocampal brain damage and a couple other parts of her brain that were damaged, but that was the main and they said, you know, like her long-term and short-term memory are permanently affected, affected by this. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, she will need like, you know, permanent care. She, her brain seems to reset every few minutes. It might get better. It might not, but it's not going to get better enough for her to be able to do, continue doing, living the life that she's lived now. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's going to need, you know, a caregiver. She's going to, she's not able to make financial decisions. She's not able to drive. Uh, she's not able to, you know, she needs a power of attorney. Her medicine. Yeah. She, you know, she's not going to remember any of this. And he's like, you know, new memories. She's not going to be able to create new memories because the hippocampus is where your brain stores short-term memory into long-term and so it's kind of like a 51st date situation almost. Mm-hmm. As the years have gone by, it has gotten, I'd say, a little bit better, but I'd say every day is pretty much a reset for mom. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know. She doesn't remember big events. Yeah. Like our engagement, she remembers. Yeah. If you, like, you know, say it to her multiple times, mm-hmm. keep reminding her, mm-hmm. she remembers pretty well. Yeah. She tries. But that phone call was just like, it was the beginning of something we had no idea about. And mm-hmm. I was just like, this doesn't even, it really didn't register. And I was just so upset. And my sister and I like didn't know what to do. And immediately it was just like, all right, well, James is here. My mom's boyfriend. And, um, you know, she can live with him and he will watch her, you know, at nighttime when he gets off work. And then from when he starts work at 6 a.m. to when he gets off work at 6 p.m., Paige, you and I will take turns being at mom's house with her and watching her. And so that was our plan for the first, and that was, you know, pretty much how it went for the first six months. months. Mm -hmm. And then I'm working at Target, and we get a text from my mom's boyfriend, and he's like, and it's a long text to me and my sister. 
And this is six months in. And he's like, basically, he's like, I don't want to be a full-time caregiver. Um, I need to be able to go to Texas when I want. and Or I need to go be able to see my sons when I want. I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to do this, this and that. You know, this year needs to be about me. Because it was February of 2021 at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, February yeah, of 2021. Yes, correct. And I was like, well, my lease, like, you know, if I was like, okay, well, that's fine. If you want to do that, if you want to go, before we even talk about the lease, mm-hmm. I was like, if you want to go visit your sons and do all that, that is totally fine. Nobody wants to keep you from that. Just please give me and Paige some notice of when you want to go and how long you want to go. So that way, you know, we can make plans with our jobs, our school, you know, because if you leave, one of us is going to have to stay at mom's house with her or she's going to have to stay at the house with us, you know? Like, there's no mom staying by herself. Absolutely not. So he was, and then that's when the argument came. And he was like, I don't feel like I should be able to have to tell you when I want to go. I'm a grown man. I should come and go as I please. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, well, you're also somebody's caregiver. Your girlfriend's caregiver, my mother. So you need to think about that. And I was like, we don't have time. Paige and I both were like, we don't have time for part-time caregivers in this house. Like, we all have to make sacrifices. We all have to change our lives. And if you don't want to help us, if you just want to, you know, come and go as you please and live off my mom and have her pay the bills and, you know, blah, 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 then maybe you should just go. Poof be gone, my friend. And the quickness that that man left dipped on him mm, it was it was really a, a show of character yeah. in that moment and that's, that's all I'm gonna say on that guy so within a quickness we had lived in our apartment less than a year at this point almost mm. a year and we were like alright well there goes Gotta our go. lovely dream apartment <laughs> <life>. <laughs> And we decided right then, all right, we're going to end our lease in March and we're going to move in and take care of mom. Let the games begin. Period. May the odds be ever in your favor. My mom, we don't want to call her a hoarder because we're against name calling, but my mom's house was filled with, was filled with memories. A lot of sentimental stuff. Let's just say, yeah. A lot of sentimental memories. And, um... Also, you know, with my mom's brain injury came her remembering less things, ergo, (laughs) less need for memory stuff, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, Mm -hmm. that little ceramic bunny that all of our moms have that they put out on Easter and then all put back in the old newspaper from 1994. Yes, babe. Shut up. Yeah, we got rid of those. Um, Sorry, you know, Gaga. we kept like one, we kept, we keep like one of each thing and mm-hmm. pack them away. Cause I understand the importance and we don't want to like get rid of everything she had, but the stuff that there's like no way she remembered, like a snow cone machine from 2004. <laughs> yeah. No. Saying? And we just had to like get the office ready upstairs. Cause Bailey was working from home and it was like, it was a lot up there. So we got that situated and then we literally rented a dumpster and filled a whole dumpster with stuff from the house that was just no longer being used or like just occupying space that we needed because there's two more people, three more people moving into this house, mm-hmm. which Bailey and Lily already lived here, but now we have all the stuff from our apartment that we have to fit in here. Um, yeah. And we had to get rid of all of mom's like boyfriend stuff <sighs> and like, yeah. 
her old stuff, like her old work clothes that she's never going to wear again. Like that was sad or like. Yeah. And we had to move her out of the, because oh, that was part of the deal. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we made a deal with mom and I was like, all right, mom. Because mom wanted to keep this house and I didn't give a shit if the house was sold or torn down or, you know, torn down. whatever. It's a great house. We were the first. It's only a 12 year old house. It's not old, but I didn't care what happened to the house. My mom really wanted to keep it. So I was like, all right, then that's why we'll move in with you. But if you want us to move in with you, me and Audrey get the master bedroom. And you can have the second bedroom, which is not much smaller, but it doesn't have its own attached bathroom. And my mom literally looked at me like I stabbed her in the gut. <laughs> Straight up, babe. Like she... She had her sisters calling Bailey wondering why we're... Was it her sisters? I think it was her mom. Her mom. It was my grandma. No offense to grandma. No, love her very love much. Her. But yeah, my grandma called and was like, why are you moving mom out of her room? I'm like, grandma, because it's me and Audrey moving in. <clears throat> and like, we just gave up our whole apartment yeah. for this house that I don't want to live in or pay bills in. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about a grandma. Mom doesn't need the master bedroom. No. So. And we painted her room, her new room, nicey nice. Yeah. We got it set up. She was, it was, yeah. she was chill. We got her a new TV in there. We yeah. got her a brand new everything nightstand lamps yeah painted it a beautiful color got you know kept all the stuff that was important to her so you know we did what we needed to do yeah i'm about i will take a boomer's room period even if it's my own mother (laughs) my own mother my own mother but we so we got that dumpster stayed here for a week we purged yeah we purged and it was so nice what a beautiful feeling to be mm-hmm. able to just throw shit in a dumpster for it to break and get rid of, <laughs> you know, anger management. The best. And, you know, in that time, we're learning about mom. We're learning about getting Medicaid, disability. Uh, that was a whole year-long process, you know, blah, blah, blah. That was forever. But in the beginning, when mom was, you know, going back a little bit, when mom was first out of the hospital, she was... She got out of the hospital July 2nd of 2020. And so when she got out of the hospital, my brother was supposed to come and see her, but he didn't. And my sister and I were like, dude, David, like, what the hell? Mom was just in the hospital. Where are you? And like, that is a whole other, Mm. a whole other story. Buckle up, baby. (laughs) You buckle up, Boogie. (laughs) We're just confused. Like, David... Where are you? What What are you not doing here? So we find out from my brother's husband that he, that his husband had taken him to the hospital because my brother was literally yellow. His skin was yellow and his eyes were yellow. Mm-hmm. And immediately I'm like, what the hell? He has jaundice? Like how? Mm-hmm. And this is in Florida. My brother's in Florida. And so we're in North Carolina, so we're not in the same state. And my brother and his mom don't see eye to eye. He's my half-brother. We share a dad, but not a mom. But he looked at my mom as more of a mom than his own. So um, he, I was the person that the hospital contacted because David requested, you know, before he got too, too sick, he requested, you know, that we, that people not tell his mom. Like, mm-hmm. that's how estranged they were. And so they were talking to me and they literally find out, I think, very quickly, like the next day 
they're like, your brother has cirrhosis, like his liver is failing. Absolutely failing fast. Failing quickly. Along with his other organs, I believe. His kidneys. His kidneys Mm -hmm. are next. And they're like, you know, does your brother drink? And I'm like, absolutely. My brother's been working at a bar forever. And, you know, he is my father's son. Mm -hmm. And David dealt with a lot of mental health issues, just like the rest of us. No judgment, nothing like that. I'm not throwing any shade. Um, But he, you know, had healthy, he had unhealthy coping mechanisms. As most of us us do, I'm sure. Yeah. So, um, and so we literally, mom gets out of the hospital and my Aunt Kelly is here, my mom's sister. And I'm like, Aunt Kelly, I need you to stay longer because we have to go see David. Uh, Because they're like, yeah, we give him about a month tops. Hospice, like immediately, I feel. Yeah, they're like, he needs to go to hospice. Mm -hmm. This is where, you know, this is, they're like, he doesn't, he's not qualified to be on the liver transplant list. Because of his um, large amount of drinking. Substance abuse. His substance abuse. And they were like, if he drank anything, even like some NyQuil with just a tiny amount of alcohol in it, his body would reject it. Mouthwash. Mouthwash even, right. And they were like, we just can't risk that. And that's understandably. It's sad when it's in your own family. But, you know, like, I get it. And he was, like, dying quickly. They would have had to find one immediately. And there's probably, you know, like, a kid out there who got an accident that needs one or, you know, Mm -hmm. something. So I understand. But we get on a plane. Me, my sister, and Audrey. And this is literally fresh out of mom's getting out of the hospital. So we're all just an emotional wreck. And we're like, what the hell is happening? (laughs) And we get to Florida. We meet our brother's husband, and we, he lets us stay at my brother's shout apartment. Shout out to Felix. Yeah, shout out to Felix. We love you. Um, and he lets us stay at his apartment. And we take a couple memorabilia's from there. Because, you know, from what we've been told, this will be probably the last time we see him. And um, there's just so much I could say, but it's mm-hmm. all shit talking. It's all shit talking, yeah. And it's like, I don't want to come on here and talk shit. Like, sometimes I will, but I, let's just say I am so glad I never have to speak to my brother's mother again. Because once she found out that my brother was sick, she made it her life's mission for me and my sister to not be able to see my brother before he died. Uh, But luckily we got in. We were able to see him 10 minutes. And we actually, I have a picture on my Instagram of him in those 10 minutes that we saw him. And you can just see, like, how skinny and yellow and sick he was. And uh, we were there two days. And we came home, and I get a call from... Because hospice and the hospitals weren't allowed to call me anymore. They put me on the do not call list because my brother's mom was insistent that we not get any information. And I got a call from my brother's friend and was like, your brother passed away today. Mm. And that was it. August 10th, six days after my daughter's birthday. A month after my mom got out of the hospital, it was, it was horrible. And then that's when my dad took a turn. His depression started or not started, but really, really took a turn for the worst. Absolutely. You guys have been scrolling for way too long. (laughs) Let's run this back. (laughs) We're not really running anything back, but what a little happy intro in that little depressing segment we've started. Yeah, so we're going to switch it up. 
try to not make it so sad, even though it's very sad. Yeah, so let's just talk with a happier tone. So, my dad. Scott Kitchen. The Almighty. We love this guy. Um, he, after my mom got sick and was in the hospital, he definitely tried to help a lot. He took me and my sister grocery shopping to make sure, you know, we had what we needed. He was there for emotional support. He really stepped up and was a dad that I feel he always had the potential to be. Mm -hmm. What would you say? I would completely agree. Right. Absolutely. And then when my brother passed, that's my, my dad's son. They did not have a good relationship at all. Let's, we can't even front and say that they did. It was actually a horrible relationship. Mm -hmm. But before my brother died, my dad called him on the phone, apologized for, you know, what he had done and, you know, said he loved him and said he was sorry. That's at least what my dad told me. There's no actual proof of yeah. that. And Is it true? We don't know. Yeah. And my dad did lie a lot. So we're just going to say it's true to help my heart, but who knows? And, um, after my brother died, my dad uh, lost his job, not because of the same thing, just due to another thing. And my dad's depression really took a turn for the worst. So here, Audrey, me, Paige, we are being a caregiver for my mom, just dealing with the death of my brother and uh, now also having to take care of dad. Dad refused to go to the grocery store or go do anything without me or Paige helping him. And if we couldn't help him or said no, it would be gaslighting us, you know, mm -hmm. like, oh my God, you don't do enough or mm -hmm. not even that. But like, okay, well, then I guess I don't have to eat this week. Yeah, straight like that. And um, so Thanksgiving rolls around. He doesn't show up for Thanksgiving. Feelings are hurt. Um, the girls reach out and, you know, it was just... I don't really know what the excuse was, um, but in between Thanksgiving and Christmas, the girls invited him over, and he would come over, and he just was not eating, or just, he wasn't taking care of himself, and you could see it, like, in his face, his, it was wild. His, he was, like, gray. Yeah, gray, and his nose, nose was, was purple. Yeah. So Bailey made him some food, made him some soup, and he literally takes, like, one spoonful and just throws up. So we're like, all right, something's going on here. Let's figure it out. And at this time he was laid off and we offered it him to move in with us. But under the condition that he quits drinking and he goes to the doctor and he was straight up like, mm, better not. Like, he, yeah, better not. Better not. It's a mental <laughs> illness. <laughs> I'd say no. Yeah. So he told us no. And we're like, well, damn. Uh, now well, damn, yeah. I guess that's okay. Yeah. And then Christmas time rolled around. You know, we had gifts for him under the tree. It was going to be a big, good thing. And he doesn't show up on Christmas. Mm -hmm. So the girls call him and they're like talking to him, blah, 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 you know. Fighting a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, we ain't going to get into that. Um, feelings were just hurt and emotions were high. And I understand because it's the holidays and, you know, there's a kid in the family. It'd be different if there wasn't a child who was like, expecting him it. yeah expecting him to show up so you know a couple days go by and um we're calling but he like his phone's ringing but he's just not answering and then one day his phone's just completely off and i was like all right babe mm -hmm. we got to do what we don't want to do and we have to go check on him i literally did not want to and andrew was like bailey your dad has suicidal tendencies this is not 
you know, we have to go and see mm-hmm. him. And we're literally driving there, and I'm like, if dad is dead, I'm going to be so fucking pissed. Yeah. Like, how <laughs> selfish of this man. I'm going to be so mad. You know, halfway thinking, like, bro, there's no way he's dead. He's just ignoring us. Yeah. I thought he was being, being petty, petty. Wow. and being mad. And, like, I was about to go cuss him out. Oh, <laughs> Little did we know. No, yeah. Uh, babe, little did we know. Little did we know. All right, so we pull into the apartment complex, uh, and it had snowed uh, snowed a good amount a couple days before, and we pull in, and there's still snow on his truck, so I'm like, all right, he hasn't left the house, so maybe he's just sleeping, chilling, having a good time. So we knock on the door, it doesn't answer, door's locked. Ugh. Ugh. Walk around to the side, look through the living room blinds, don't see him. Go down more towards his bedroom. And the blinds are cracked like just enough where you can see in. And there that man was laying there. And I literally just remember looking at Bailey. And I literally feel like my jaw was to the ground. It it was insane. Um, and I honestly thought he was dead. So we just... She looked at me and she was like... Bailey, I think your dad's dead. Mm-hmm. And I was like, don't look, do not look, do not look. And like, we just, I pushed her, not pushed her, but you know, just walked her back. And then. Cause I'm trying to look. Yeah. But it was so. Not in a healthy way. Like. No, his arm. Uh-uh. No. Yeah. And, um, so we call 911 and Bailey just like screaming. I'm in literal shock. I feel like I'm dreaming. And you know, they're like, can you get in the house? Can you get in the house? And we're like, the door is locked. Like I'm not, no, yeah, there's nothing else we can do. House. So at that point, um, ambulance gets there, fire department, all the whole shebang, and they're working on opening the door. And then the manager of the apartment complex comes up, and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" He's like, "Don't, don't break the door. Don't damage the door. I have a key." And it's like, "Well, let's hurry it up, dude, because there's literally somebody laying there unconscious on your floor." Whatever. So they get him in. We get in, and they said he was breathing, and it was such a sigh of relief. I can't even explain. It was like a, a movie. We were literally in this parking lot of this apartment complex screaming bloody murder. Right. My and, sister was just uh, diagnosed with COVID that day. So I had to call her and I was like, I think dad's dead. You need to come mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. I call my, I call Cayman, Lily's dad. And I'm like, you need to keep Lily. I think my dad's dead. Like scream crying to all of them. And we go in when they tell me they're like, he's breathing. Mm-hmm. And I go in there, and all I remember is looking at him and his face. I saw, from the last time I saw him, which was probably about two and a half, three weeks prior, um, he looked like he had lost probably about 40 pounds. Mm -hmm. And his face was like bone, skeleton thin, but his stomach was huge, like almost pregnant looking. Mm -hmm. And immediately I was like, okay, it's his liver. Like, he's dying. Everybody is dying. And I'm, I'm like, Dad, it's me. It's me. And he's looking up at the ceiling like you can tell he doesn't even know I'm there. And he's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. His throat was like robotic almost. Like he hadn't drinking in days. Like he'd been laying there for who knows. We still don't know how long he was laying there. Mm -hmm. We have no idea if it was just that day or days or. But they put him on a stretcher and they're trying to get him in the ambulance and he just can't even look at me. He won't. He can't hold my hand. And you know how my dad loves to fucking hold my hand. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, they get we, him in there. Yeah. They're questioning him in the ambulance and 
he's incoherent. Yeah, they find a like a jumbo size um, bottle of Advil PM, and they're like, "Well, it looks like a pretty new bottle, um, but about half the bottle's missing." So I guess when they were yeah. talking to Scott, they got him to say that he took about twenty five Advil PMs, and he like. They asked him if it was a suicide attempt, and he said yes. Yeah. Or, like, he nodded his head. And that's what the guy in the ambulance told us. When they pumped his stomach, they said it was at least 20 Advil PM in there. So that, on top of drinking like he did and not eating, there was a lack of thiamine, uh, like the vitamin thiamine. And B12. And B12, yes. B12 is crucial, y'all. Yeah, um, you don't think it is, but those are crucial to brain function. Yes, 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 absolutely. And so they take him to the emergency room and there is a process that they can do or no, they did all like the withdrawal from the alcohol, all that. Yeah. They put him through withdrawals of alcohol, which literally took like a month in its own. Mm -hmm. So they had to wait for the withdrawals to go through before they were like, is there any permanent damage? Was anything, did anything happen? Or is this just alcohol withdrawals? So finally, when the alcohol withdrawals were done, they were able to kind of do like an assessment of dad and they did brain scans and everything. And they were like, well, it's looking pretty normal. It doesn't look like, you know, anything was wrong. But then when they would talk to him, he made no sense at all. And he would call people by names they weren't. And he would say things that didn't make sense. And I literally was like, oh my God, he's faking it. Like <laughs> he's faking it to stay in the hospital so that he doesn't have to get a job. Cause that's some shit my dad would do. Right. Period. And so uh, I go visit him when he's finally, like, you know, coherent enough to be visited. And um, he's like, Bailey, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? And I'm like, oh, you're in the hospital, you know? Like, Dad, there was a – you had an attempt on your life because I didn't know anything was wrong. I was just, like, trying to figure out how he was mentally. So I'm like, you know, you you had a suicide attempt. He's like, I did that for you. I did that to make your life easier. Mm. I'm like, Jesus, Dad. Like, yeah. You didn't want to be a burden. Yeah, and it's like, okay, well, thanks, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> um, and he, he's like, Nikki will tell you all about it. And all the men that were just in here, you know, they know everything. And I've been so nice to them, and they've been great. And I'm like, what do you mean all these men? And his nurse takes me out there, and she's like, there's been no men in here. Like, your dad keeps saying there's people in the room, and they're not. And he keeps calling me Nikki, and, like, that's not my name. He's calling everybody Nikki. I'm like, what the fuck? And, like, I go in there, and he just starts telling me stuff that absolutely makes no sense. That, like, he went in there, and his friend Larry brought him in because he was feeling chest pains. And, like, he's been checked out. Everything's been good. Mm -hmm. and, And I'm like... It's like, it's got to be the alcohol withdrawal. Like, that's the only thing I was like, hoping and praying it was that. And we're like, it's got to be the alcohol withdrawal still. And they're like, no, he's gone through it. And they're like, it actually might be something called Warnicke-Korsakoff syndrome. Have you ever heard of that? And I'm like, who the fuck has ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> are you, that's not English. I know it's not. Mm-hmm. Like, Still can't spell it. They explain it to me. And it's basically like the inability to make new memories it's called wet brain and it's basically from people who drink alcohol so much and don't have enough thiamine and B12 in their system and their brain pretty much just checks out their brains like, all right, you're not going to take care of me. You're not going to give me what I need to function. Then I'm just going to stop functioning. Mm-hmm. And, um, he can't form new memories. 
he doesn't like the dementia. He has alcohol onset dementia as well, um, which is what it says, dementia brought on by drinking alcohol and, you know, fucking up your brain, I guess. And so with the dementia, he doesn't really have past memories. And with his Warnickies, he doesn't really have future memories. So Mm -hmm. just imagine, you know, being a scared blank slate of being all the time. Not knowing anything or anybody around you. Right. You are whatever your mind, whatever his mind thinks it is, is what it is. There's no, we could be in outer space chilling on Mars. And like, if you disagree with that, he's going to be like, "Mm, confusion. Right. It's like, what the fuck do you mean? Yeah. He's like, what do you mean? I have moon rock in my pocket. (laughs) Literally. Like he'll, and he'll tell you something and and he's convinced it's real because to him it is real. And you're like, God, it sounds so real. And like, it can't like what dad, but. He's not lying because he mm-hmm. believes it's real. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. and um, they tell me this and like, they say that it can be reversed, Warnickies. And there's something, there's some procedure, some medication they can give you to reverse it if it's reversible. And they gave it to my dad and they're like, he's in the late stages of it. That's not reversible. And there's no way to turn this around. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be this way for the rest of his life. And literally, like, at that point, I was so numb to it. I was just like, of course. Mm-hmm. Like, that, you know. Yeah, we knew what it was. We were it like, all right, sense. you know we're going to be having to take care of your dad, so we might yeah. as well make the room. Exactly. And just like that, we cleared out a room. We cleared out Lily's room, moved her into a different room, and moved dad in the house. And that's why his bedroom is pink. That's why his bedroom <laughs> is pink, because it used to be Lily's, and we didn't have time to paint it. <laughs> and now we have nursing home. Nursing home a la kitchen mm-hmm. is really <laughs> what we've got. Yeah. We don't, I don't know any more Spanish, so I said yeah. a la kitchen. But. A la king. <laughs> 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 nursing home a la king. Oh, y'all, it's been, it's been a ride for sure. And so that's, you know, kind of the kind of the short story of our Scott's coming home story yes and we bring him home in February of 2022 the end of February actually the day after my mom's birthday yeah. and Rhonda was just not ecstatic about the move-in of Mr. Scott her ex-husband mm-hmm. um, they've been divorced a long time and that's for a whole other podcast because yeah. that's another time yeah we'll interview my parents separately you know, we'll do their own Ooh, little podcast fun. episodes. Oh, yeah, I think fun. that'd be fun. But this, um, that about wraps up what we've got going on. Uh, that about catches you guys up to now-ish. Um, Dad's been living with us for about six months. And every day is a new adventure with that guy. Mom has been, we've been with her over a year now, living with her in the house. But we've been a caregiver for her over two years now. So, you know, everything's calmed down a little bit. We still have dreams. We still have hopes and yeah. all that shit. But right now, we can't put ourselves first. And yeah. that's okay. It's only temporary yeah. and, you know. Temporary selflessness for permanent selfishness yeah. later on in life. Good coin. It's good coin. That's one of yeah. my coworkers told me, and I'm going to ride with that. Good coin. Good comma. Good comma. So, I know this episode wasn't as ha-ha, funny, hilarious, hee-hee-hoo-hoo. Uh, I promise we are funny. We do like to laugh. Uh, But, you know, this was... If you guys only knew how many 
messages I've gotten to record my parents' story. It's sick. It's sickening. Yeah, I believe it. So, if I had a dollar. If I had a dollar. Rex on Rex on Rex. Literally. But I really, you know, we're blessed. We're highly favored. Too blessed to be stressed, babe. Trying. We're still fucking stressed. Extremely. It's just been, you know, everything, Audrey tells me everything bad comes in threes. So, we've had our three. We had my mom, my brother, my dad. So, we're good. We're straight. Yep. If all of the rest could just fucking chill. Mm -hmm. Just take a fucking breather. Eat a Snickers. Eat a... You're not you and you're hungry. (laughs) Anyway, guys, we really appreciate y'all staying tuned. I'm exhausted from talking this much. Yeah, and we're so close to each other's face that I just want to kiss her. So, we gotta go. Our lips, they are. <laughs> I want my lips to touch your lips. Wow. I'm just kidding. Wow. I mean, I do, but that's not really why we're going. Wow. We gotta... Thank you guys so much for listening. Tune into our episode next week when we talk about shit that we have not prepared yet. So yeah. we have no idea. Um, thank you guys for listening. Thank um, y'all. Please report feedback. Please critique in a kind, nice way. And um, what's something we should end with on our podcast? Follow us on Instagram. I, that's the worst thing to end Sorry, our I podcast. Was clicking with. a pen. Yeah. Um, um, listen and share and yeah, spread the word. Tell your mom about us. Yeah. Tell your grandpappy. Really, just your mom. Mm-hmm. Thank y'all. Okay. So- what can I say? <laughs> I love moms. <laughs> love you guys. Thank you. Bye.